testing one two three testing one two three excellent i can see my hello this is hambo hambo testing check one check two check check okay so let me try this again folks technical difficulties all night with uh pod being live this is weird <laughs> All right, let's try one more time. Testing one, two, three. Testing. Christopher. Can you hear me? There you are. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> Woo! That was pretty shoddy. I don't remember this ever being that shoddy. But starting a new feed uh, fixed it. Yeah. It's kind of like the uh, turn it off and turn it back on again uh, thing that they always say. Totally. Totally. <laughs> well, hey, this is a lesson tonight. So if this ever happens or you ever do a pod being live then you have problems like this, then you know what you got to do. And so do I. <laughs> just just like the internet router. Mm-hmm, right, exactly. I mean, so many, I mean, just other things have been solved by using that method. <laughs> Besides the uh, computer stuff, you know. Yeah. Laptop. I mean, I think even pounding on things and beating it works sometimes. The Fonzie method, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, sorry about that. Sorry about that, whoever's listening. Um, probably have to edit a little bit. This. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, man. Um, how the hell have you been? It's okay. Doing well. Doing really well. The weather here, though, in Minneapolis, is it's been pretty lousy the past couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, just like that, it was... It went from pretty nice out, a lot of colors, to boom, winter, full five inches of snow, four Gosh. inches of snow, five inches of snow. That's so nuts. Wet. It's like someone hit his switch. Yeah. I know. So that's what the past couple of days have been. But luckily, uh, because for my job, I have to inspect houses and I have to walk in the yard, I have to walk around the perimeter of the house to measure it, and I have to take pictures of the back of the house, so I have to walk all the way to the back of the yard. And when there's snow, like, you know, you need legit boots. And I had some really good rain boots, but my feet would always be numb, frozen uh, by the end of it. So anyways, just yesterday, I got some brand new uh, winter boots and they go up to like almost go up to my knees so I can just, you know, trudge through the snow with those things and stay dry and warm. So I'm stoked. Yes. Yes. Big, <clears throat> big level up for me. Yeah. You'd be surprised how much that stuff makes a difference. <coughs> um, stuff like, you know, 
appropriate jackets or nice new jackets um just uh, warmer clothing it's like some you know i would do that for a while sometimes i just kind of uh say the heck with it and not get the the, the sweaters and i just kind of i figured the jacket would be enough and it's not always enough or i'd get like um somewhat insulated leather jacket in the winter and then that doesn't always go as well as i'd hoped <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah yeah stuff like that it it, it helps really it, it can help make the winter a little bit more actually enjoyable because you don't have to you're not your mind isn't fighting that force so much you know exactly um, no it's nice it's, it's nice to have good it's nice to have good gear that you can rely yeah, on. Yeah, it matters. It does matter, you know. Um, but yeah, it is. I've I've noted that before, and it doesn't have to be like super snowing to feel like somebody hit a switch and the change of the season. It, it is. You really feel it, in, you know, in the upper states. And uh, But yeah. boy, yeah, you guys got – how many inches did you guys get? I don't know what it, it felt like five, but who knows? Wow. What it, it was at least three. I've got to assume it was at least three, but I mean, everything was covered and, um, you know, it gets, it gets pretty, it's, it piles up quick. And then when it melts, it was just super slush, super yeah. slush. <clears throat> and more having some nice boots for that when you're trying to work outside is really nice. You know, um, my roommate hooked me up. I ne I had never heard of Black Diamond, the brand. Mm -hmm. But they're they, they make like ski skiing gear. And uh I got a, a black diamond winter coat. And I really, really, really like the black diamond winter coat for being outside. It's like light and warm, light and warm, really nice and pretty waterproof too. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, uh, wool, anything Merino wool in the wintertime is always, always great oh, yeah. if you can. Um, I'm a, well, I, I you know, I, I did some business with uh, <laughs> one of my past jobs have been working at, a, at an LL Bean. And so I got to know um, what goes into creating, you know, some of these, uh, the jet, what, what's in insulated in, inside these jackets that they sell. And I mean, they got some yeah. really good stuff, though. I, they, you know, in their catalogs, it, it's always been quality stuff. So um, nice. It's uh, I have these uh, boots called Storm Chasers. And they're like uh, they just they're like they're like kind of like duck boots, but they just kind of they have this rotation where they just cut through the snow like from like they um, they swivel through it, you know. So it's like it's it's nice to have some waterproof boots, like kind of like what you're talking about. Um, yeah. And there's no laces; so I can just throw them on and go. So that that's a that's a beautiful thing too. Um, but the uh, no laces is big. Being mm -hmm. able to throw throw them on, and you know, wet socks when it's cold, getting snow getting snow down your shoe, that sucks. It really does. Yeah, 
Yeah, man. Um, yeah, the, the, the little things add up. The little things add up, and it can kind of affect your, at least temporarily, uh, affect your mood if you're coming in someplace. If you, you know, you're trying to shake off all that, <laughs> you know, the snow in your feet and the the air or the the cold air that hit you and it's frostbite and all that stuff. But um, yeah, hey, it's 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 years of living in a cold climate, you know, and uh, you know. But it's almost all worth it for that moment. You get home and you take off your socks and you just get to air dry your feet. Yes. It's a great, it's a great feeling. It's nice uh, uh, if there's a fireplace, if there's um, – you can make some hot chocolate or yes, whatever your choice of warm beverages. That's, that is nice. Um, and uh, I, I've kind of, I, I do, I hate, I hate winters, but at the same time, I hate humid summers. And we just had a really humid summer where it's just like, ugh, I, I just sweat so much. And uh, yeah, it's just everything stuck to me. And then like, I really felt it this year. So I'm like, I can go for a little bit of coolness at least, you know, sure. not, not ice cold, but a little bit of coolness is fine. <laughs> right. Um, so. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, I got, I got the, the, the feature of people can call in. They might, we might get a caller, probably not, but cause it's been a while since I've done a live show. Um, what, uh, I noticed that you made, you've been making this new gym and, uh, this is yeah. like this big undertaking. The NEMC, the Northeast Muscle Club, it's called. Mm-hmm. which, you know, we started it out as, I don't want to say a joke, but it was uh, really starting from nothing because you know, the gym I go to, at first they closed and then they reopened with very tight guidelines and I moved uh, extra far away from that gym. So it's like a 35-minute drive each way. And... Yeah. Uh, um, uh, my buddy, my buddy, Alex, who doesn't live far at all from me, just like a five minute drive. He was just working out in his garage, just an unfinished garage, the middle of summer. I think we started in like at the end of June and it was, you know, hot, very hot. Like you said, hot summer. And we just had some dumbbells. And we had uh, a barbell with some like some of those concrete weights. And beginning in the, the beginning of July, we just started kind of building up a little bit more by, you know, looking on Craigslist, buying equipment, little things, got dumbbells, got a couple pairs of dumbbells, got some chalk, got, you know, d- some new plates he went and got an old weight set from his that his grandpa welded and it was pretty nice um whole weight set with one inch plates and so we got that and then he just he he was like you know screw it i'm putting in the big order and he just basically put an order into rogue and torque and just bought everything we were, we would want. He just bought everything, and it, it, they were back ordered. So it took you know uh, six weeks to come 
to come in. So in the six weeks, we just we worked out in the garage unfinished. But over the past month, Alex just like a madman finished the garage, insulated it, did new electric, sheetrock, you know, mud, tape, sand, paint. Um, we put in a rubber floor and then we assembled all of the new equipment. And so he had new lighting. He hooked up a stereo system. He insulated everything and he just completely renovated the garage, brand new garage, brand new, uh, rogue equipment, rogue and torque. And it's just been awesome, dude. I mean, he did everything. Like I helped when I could, but it's it's his house, and he just he wanted to make the investment, and we've been using it. Like it's been amazing. It's like I've been working out way, way more. I would say way more. This is the most I've worked mm-hmm. out with with this new setup. It's close. We can listen to whatever music we want now that it's insulated. You can just, you know, pound the music. It's been really fun. It's been, and I needed it so bad after because of the, you know, like just everything shutting down back in March. Yeah. It just, you know, everyone's got their lockdown story. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it took it from until I stopped going to the gym in March and until it was pretty much until july did i start it wasn't until july i started working out again so from march until july i was just like stagnant and just you know eating because i was at home all the time eating a lot more than i normally would more frequently uh so getting back to working out was just like it was so nice because it's just a brain chemistry thing, you know? I mean, I, for me, that's what it's all about. I, I like I like getting stronger. I like working out and getting stronger. But just the overall, uh, the overall pump, the vascular benefits, and just the brain chemistry of the workout is, to me, what, what makes it so worth doing. And, like, investing the time in it, making – helping Alex as much as I could to get this thing set. So our next project, which I wanted to tell you about, was bringing that old sauna from my old house to uh, his place. And then, like I, I texted you, I fucking I, – I dropped some cash on a new sauna stove, and it's a really nice stove. And, you know, I learned the hard way. I didn't believe the stove – was as important as it is. I thought the cedar and the room and how pretty the sauna was, I thought that was more important when I built the first one. And hmm. we put like an $80 stove in it that some guy made off Craigslist. Okay. And it, it wasn't the worst stove, but the ebook that I read to build saunas, the, the ebook that we used, he says right in there, he says, the stove is the most important part. And I just overlooked Uh. that. Well, I overlooked (laughs) it because at the time I didn't have the extra, you know, thousand dollars to get the, the nice one. Yeah. Um, but I forked it over this time 
and we're going to have a really nice sauna and a nice sauna and a nice gym right next to each other, all in his backyard. And I'm stoked. I'm very fortunate to, to know Alex and it just, the timing worked out perfectly because he was, he was looking for a workout partner and I was looking to just work out. Um, and he was just like, all right, I'm going to buy everything. And I was, all right, I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul, buddy. I'll help yeah. you however I can. And it's finally the day before it snowed. He had it all done. Perfect timing. Wow. 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 I mean, yeah. it's, um, I mean, you're putting up some good amount of weight. Are you putting up more weight than you have before? Um, it's about not quite. I, I think I was my strongest in probably 2017, 2018. Okay. Maybe yeah, you're pretty regularly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think I was a little bit, you know, I'm coming out of lockdown. Yeah. And, and uh, but all that work I did between 2014 until this last summer, like, you don't lose it all. You just, once you get it back, like it doesn't take it. This time it took a, a, a couple months to get back into it because yeah, I was pretty lazy there for, for a while. <laughs> um, and I was, you know, just every, my, my office is right next to the kitchen. And every time I get up, which is frequently, there's always some snack. There's always yeah. some snack. And yeah. uh, it's so easy to pretty much just nibble all day, you know? If you, yeah. stock, your, if you stock your house with snacks and you're just sitting there in the kitchen, like eventually, once, yeah, I mean, it happens, you know? I think that's one of the issues I, I brought up before, or I think I've been discussing is it's like, man, it would be nice to have your own office or workspace um, apart from the house, well, from apart from where you live. And yep. uh, if, if people, if you can afford it, I think it's definitely worth its weight or if you can find a place to do that. And, you know, it, because there's just so much distraction, whether that's uh, yeah, Netflix or something on TV or food or you got to do some laundry or this errand comes up. It's like you really have to be disciplined when you're doing your work, the important work at home. And um, you really have to carve out time. And that's I think that's one of the good things about just writing keeping yourself accountable on, on some kind of a trackable list. Mm -hmm. um, what I've been doing, uh, you know, I've been, uh, you know, I've looking, I've been looking through the past couple of years of, of my list here. I think I'm almost to two years and, you know, I, I'm, I'm increasing it kind of like weights. I'm increasing the amount of time for each goal. So say, um, okay, working on my, on my comic, I want to do that at least 10 minutes a day, minimum right and then another goal underneath that will be working out and you know i usually do an hour working out and so i'll check that off uh okay say i want to um, do so much time of 
doing something for my business, my web business. Okay, 10 minutes of that. And then the next week, go up to 15 minutes. And the next week, do 20 minutes. So I'm at the 20 minute uh, week where I'm doing each goal for 20 minutes at least minimum. Yeah. And that forces me. And I've been I've, I've been increasing the time on each one. So that's good. Yeah. It, it is working. Yeah. So my, my goal is to get it to about a half hour. So, you know, you're putting in a half hour at least each day of whatever goal that is. And that's a good you know, that adds up, that adds up, you know? Um, oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah, man. That, I think that's the best thing I, I can do with, you know, the limited, uh, space and, uh, no, no office, you know, a TV tray for an office. <laughs> I've really right. made the TV tray work, man, with the old mechanical arm and the little, uh, bendable, LED light <laughs> and I uh, got my printer on my top of a little, you know, those cube uh, plastic cube bookshelves, you know, and yeah. uh, you make do, you make do with whatever your situation is, you know, and you just do your best. And uh, I was thinking today, it's like how much it's unfortunate. I just wish we could do what we love to do full time. I will real, I wish we could, you know, but it's like, this just, unfortunately, you got to feed the monkey. You got to pay the bills. And, um, you know, it's, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn, you know? Um, so true. Yeah. So, man. True. so, but I'm, I'm glad you've been, you've been putting out a lot of Instagram vids. You've been putting up of like the process. Um, that's good. It's been inspirational. You know, um, I've been getting back to the the gym open, the Planet Fitness opened up by me. I know, you know, Planet Fitness is nothing like your gym, the awesome gym that you, you're, you're making with, with your friend. But it's I'm glad it opened up again. And I got back in there after months of not, you know, you, you just you burn more calories when you go to a gym, I think, you know, as opposed to doing home exercises. And I, I've been pretty good keeping For up. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Keeping up uh, kettlebelling at home. But. Again, it's limited. I can't do all the exercises inside. I have to do some outside, and you know, it's just you know, I'm not burning as much. So it was nice to get in there, and I'm I'm figuring, you know, I don't want to wear one of those fabric masks. I want to wear something where I feel like I can breathe more. And I figured, well, I'm gonna get one of those damn altitude masks. Those the the Bane mask, man, where you just strap it in Velcro, and. Uh, and I was talking to my brother about that. He's like, why don't you get that? I'm going to try it. So I order it on Amazon's 40 bucks. I'm like, I'll take the plunge. And I, I strapped that sucker on, man. And it is, it is jarring. <laughs> like it's on the newbie setting level one. And I do, yeah. I do push-ups and, and um, even stretching out and, I do a few, especially I get discombobulated doing like some throwing some karate kicks for yep. warm up and all that. And it's just <sighs> I'm breathing so heavily. Try because the thing is, there's these filters in there and one one of the filters is covered. The other like with this rubber stopper. So it's very limiting the amount of air in one of the uh, filters and the other one's open. So it's halving that air intake and it's like. It is supposed to be like simulating if you're how many feet, like 2,000 feet above sea level or whatever the deal is. 
And uh, yep. but man, it is something because it's like I want to take the mask off just to see the difference, like in the gym. But I, you can't do that because you know they want you to keep the mask on in the gym. But you are working twice as hard, just about almost twice as hard on basic exercises. And I'm like, well, hopefully this is helping in some capacity, at least with my breathing. It really focuses. You really pay you no choice but to focus on how important your breathing is when you do these exercises. And yeah. uh, it it's, you know, if I, you know, I'm going to maybe go outside and do a run with it and then they'll do a normal, normal uh, run the next day or something just to notice the difference. It, it'll probably be a pretty big difference, you know. For sure. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I think that's what those are designed to do. They, it's, it's just some, it's like extra weight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause less air. Yeah. It's uh it's weird. It's a weird thing to get used to. Um, it's, it's good. It's a challenge. It's good. It's, we, it's the body needs a challenge once in a while. Sometimes you have to push yourself a little bit and, try something new, try to get out of your comfort zone a little bit more. And, um, you know, before all this stuff hit, I was, I was keeping track of my progress and my strength, my weight, you know, and trying to, you know, get, go up and, and, and increase the weight level and all that. And yeah, we had the whole, this the whole thing, that whole thing got thrown off, you know, on <laughs> my tracking process. So I'm like you, I'm, I'm catching up to the weight of the, what I was, the heavier weight that I was doing before. And, uh, you know, it's muscle memory, it's muscle memory, but it, it is good to get back in there and to get the endorphins going. And like, I had a hell of a workout, um, yesterday where it's like, I did my karate kicks in the beginning and at the end, and I did some cardio, like half of it was a cardio, half of it was like leg day. And I was just throwing them and going back and forth. And there's something about throwing punches and kicks that it's it just awakens me it's like my whole body is being used and uh mm. at the at the yeah. end of it i was like holy crap like you go into like you're it's an it's hard to put words on it it's like an automatic pilot kind of thing where your body takes over and it feels like yes this we remember these movements we remember mm -hmm. every time you throw a kick or a punch you are kind of telling yourself I matter and I'm going to fight for my life. I matter. The, the, I, I take up room in this world. And it's like, yeah. it's kind of like, there's something to it. There's something to it. And like, I'm the only one in that gym that probably does that. <laughs> like somebody came up to me once and they said, Hey man, I saw you throwing those kicks and everything. I just want to tell you, uh, I, you that was awesome. I'm waiting for him to say you're, you're doing it wrong. But uh, he's like, that was an incredible, like, your form is awesome. I go, really? I go, it's, I haven't been in class in so long. But, um, you know, it, it makes me kind of want to get back in, into karate and, and try to get, get back into it, get my black belt, you know. But Oh, uh, really? did you do karate? Yeah, yeah. I did oh. it uh, for, for quite a few years in college and a little bit in high school. Uh, I took a little bit, just a little bit of, of Taekwondo, but I took uh, Tang Sudo, Tang Sudo Karate in college and learned a lot. And I uh, went to a, a couple seminars and uh, learned a little bit of uh, mild Aikido. Um, 
And uh, no, it was a fun experience. That was one of the one of the good things in college. And there's a lot of bad, but that was one of the good things. Nice. <laughs> you know, um, nice. but I only I ended up getting my green belt, which is kind of like the halfway mark. And I never because I, you know, I just I didn't stick around after graduation. I, you know, I wanted to get a move on, get out of town and the economy wasn't the best job wise. So I, I kind of had to leave. So I couldn't finish my my, you know, training the black belt. And then, you know, and then I you, you go back and get the FTJ, the full time job, and you just kind of put that in the back burner. But now I've been reconsidering getting back in, into it. And I, I have found a karate place close to me. Um, but the thing is now, uh, is it open? How are they doing it? Are they going back and forth with, with the mask? And I'm like, I, I, I just don't know. So I'm, I'm going to make a call just to see what's going on at this, uh, this one place I found. Um, and I, I imagine it's like that with a lot of martial arts places, like, uh, yeah, especially, uh, jujitsu, like it's gotta be, they gotta be hurting. I would assume now. Yeah. For sure. They um, do. I, I think for sure they have. They have been hurting. Yeah, man. Because, I mean, that's one of the things they say that it's good to do is, is you know, um, to meet, you know, fellow people that are kind of like on your wavelength is or, or uh, is, is to get the, you know, get into a good martial art and, and either jujitsu or or, or something good and then um just kind of get with that that kind of people that want to improve themselves you know physically yep. mentally uh, uh in in that way mind body and spirit and also uh, a little cobra kai has kind of re-inspired me too <laughs> i can't say that yeah. has it in some way you know yeah uh fun show fun show for sure yeah yeah man um, did you, did you ever get into the karate kid when like when you were younger or did you just watch that later on in life or, or what's the deal with those movies? Uh, I watched it when I was young. I don't know yeah. that I ever, I never got too crazy into it. I yeah. got crazy when I was in middle school, I, and younger, even in elementary school, I was obsessed, obsessed with Rocky. Rocky yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd watch them all. I had them all. I'd watch them over and over again. I wanted a bunch of boxing. I got my parents to get me boxing equipment for, you know, Christmas. Had a, had a couple punching bags, had some gloves. Nice. Friends would come over. Friends would come over. We would box. And I, I, I remember wanting to get my, get like, I really wanted to get into it. I wanted to go to a gym. I, I wanted to go start boxing for real. And I think my, you know, my parents just made the decision that they don't want me getting hit in the head all the time. <laughs> so they basically said, they said no. Yeah. They said no, which whatever, you know, I, it's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. um, but but I don't know. Maybe I would have. You know, I think you can definitely take boxing and not get into any. You know, you don't have to fight. You don't have to compete just to right. learn, learn and take classes. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
yeah, that's something that I think a lot of people probably don't think about with boxing that they think, Oh, I, I take boxing. I have to go get in the ring and, and, and you know, go to these tournaments and I got to do it, you know, full I gotta stop. live up to Rocky, you know, I gotta, <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. I gotta go to Russia, go to Russia <laughs> and win this thing. Yeah. But you're saying that's definitely, that's not necessarily the case. You can take it uh, just to, to learn how to do it. You know? No. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's how I would approach it now. But I think from when I was younger, my parent, the way I would, I wanted to box. I wanted, because of the movies, uh, I wanted the glory of a boxing fight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, maybe it was probably good. It wasn't good. I wish I would have learned boxing. But from their perspective, it's good that I didn't you know, get into fighting. Just yeah. nothing against fighting. I like I said, I wish I would have learned it. Um, but I, I'm just saying from my mom's perspective. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's trauma to the head. I mean, it, look right. at these MMA, MMA guys, you know, they're, they're gambling, they're gambling with their bodies and they're, they're putting it on the line and, um, Hey, that's awesome. I mean, they're good for them, but it is something seriously you have to think about. Like, you know, I was sparring in, in my karate classes and all that, and uh, it wasn't even – I mean, we had the, uh, you know, the headgear and, and all that on. And, you know, I took on – I don't, might have talked to you about this. I took on this guy that he joined, and he was more of a boxer, and he had the big, the big gloves on, right? And so I was sparring him, and he had the big gloves. And he got me a couple times real good, right, and, like, he got me with a good sidekick. He knocked the wind out of me, <laughs> but he got me. He, he really taught me how to keep, you know, keep my guard up. But um, something, uh, you know, when I when I ended up going to California, I went to an eye doctor just to get an eye checkup. And the guy yeah. told me, he's like, "Look, um, you have something going on with your 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 eye." And I go, "What's going on?" He's like, "You have a tear in the back of your eyes." I go, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, I'm not kidding. Here, look. And he showed me the the, the x-ray of it. And it was like a small line, like wiggly, like a, it's, it's a retina tear. And I'm thinking, how the, f and it, but it had been like at least, let's see, I'd say probably close to five years since I had, had done anything, any sparring. And I'm thinking, Maybe it was from sparring, but mm. I, maybe because I'm thinking there's, there's no, no other way. But he's like, well, he's like, he's like, he's like, no, because he said something like it, it takes some really incredible trauma for that to happen. But I'm like, well, it's not he didn't knock me out. You know, he just got me a couple good times where I saw a little bit of stars, but I wasn't it wasn't a knockout. I didn't get a concussion. Something. Yeah. Why the hell is that? Was that really from that? Or, and I'm thinking maybe it's just a, a genetic thing, or who knows? Who knows what's going on, man? With, with their yeah, body, it was much. probably from getting. It was probably from getting clocked. I mean, if you saw stars, it's very possible. Yeah, and I'm thinking the only time I've been. Yeah, and I maybe got hit a couple times, but not quite to that that kind of level. In, in quite some time yeah. so may, maybe 
shit. Maybe it was from that. And, and that's that's why now, like, I'm thinking, well, do I, if I get involved with it, how hard do I want to spar? And I don't know if I want to do that because of that situation. I don't want to worsen it. I had to get laser surgery to get the – and that, that was terrible. I, I was a terrible experience having that done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have to you they sit you down and you have to keep your eyes perfectly open because you have a fucking laser going into your your iris, like it, it's nuts. Like I'm like holy crud. So you're nervous because you don't want them to screw up and they're you're trying to keep it open. You're not used to doing that and you're sealing it up and it's like oh, it was yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it was not a good way to start off my California experience with, with, with that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it got done and that, that's, that is what it is. And, you know, you got to do, you got to take risk in life and, and do some things that there, there's a risk to everything. There is, you know, we can go out for a walk and get hit by something. It's like you have to take smart risks, but, you know, you have to do things that challenge yourself, you know, and yeah, yeah, that's what it is anyway. No, I think there's this line. Did you ever get into the show Deadwood? A little bit. Yeah. I watched maybe a a season or two of that season or two. There was just this Al Al Schwerenjen line where he said, I don't know what he was talking, who he was talking to, but he said, he was grateful for every beating he ever took. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I think you probably you learned from getting a couple good. Uh, did you get beat down by him? Um, I mean, no, I was. You, you took a you took a beating though. You did take a beating. Yeah, a little bit. A little. Well, he got me. Yeah. Got me real good with a sidekick, knocked the wind out of me. Um, and then I got up, but he got me a few good punches like to the, to the face, but it wasn't, again, it wasn't a total, uh, KO. It was just kind of like, okay, I may be, I might've got a couple licks in, but he was a good yeah. fight. Like he, he had a lot of experience boxing and, you know, a little bit, a little bit more martial arts, but definitely more of a boxer than anything. So and yeah. we were, he was going full at it. And I know that was just something that we weren't used to as a club. You know, but uh, hey, that's just how it went. That's just how it went. You know, um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, it's it's it it is good to um, it's good to test your body and and to level up as much as you can because it's like there's so much that's in life that's psychologically challenging when you push your body to the limits and beyond. It just, yeah. it just, it tells your brain that like you, you can handle things a lot more, you know, um, that's one of the neat things about the army too, is that it pushed me the most physically that I'd ever been pushed. And, you know, I took high school wrestling and, uh, that was pretty hardcore and soccer and a bit of football. And even with all those things, like nothing will test you like the military as far as the running. Oh yeah. The running goes and uh, the calisthenics and push-ups. It was just like wow, 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 wow. So, but uh, overall, I survived it. I got through it, and uh, I'm a tougher person for for having done all that. You know, 
Did you do the gas chamber? Yeah, did the gas chamber. That was <laughs> that was traumatic. I'll never forget that. You know, they tell you everything's going good, then they tell you to take it off the last, uh, probably the last thirty seconds you're in there, and uh, thirty seconds might as well be like an hour in in that in that room, and you know, everything, all the walls are like everything cement, brick cement, and everything, and they're like, okay, take it off. And I'm tell you, I'm gonna take it off, and you, you take it off, and you haven't opened the door yet, and you're just sitting there. It's like, oh shit, you're just waiting for the effects to kick in. <clears throat> you don't feel anything right away, and then you start to feel like that burning sensation in your throat and a little bit tingling. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. And then they open the they they open the door, and everyone starts filtering out. And then it hits you right away, man. It's just like the, the tears, the buildup, the burning through the throat and the and the nose. Just see, something's eating you inside out. Ah. It's awful. It's all. It was so painful. Like, just tears and boogers, the snots just coming out of you. But it's like imagine what the guys that, that they died through that mustard, the mustard gas in World War One or whatever. Like how horrible that must have felt. Like even like 10 times worse than that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it, it's, it's, it's awful what we can do to torture and kill people. It's awful. I know. Terrible, <laughs> terrible Got Getting the gas chamber would just be miserable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, absolutely. We got your friend. Anthony has joined. Uh Oh, Anthony, Anthony. Uh, Anthony, uh, he's a frequent guest on Dedon.life. I think that's him. I sent, I sent out the link. Anthony, feel free to call call in if you want. I don't Um, see him here yet on on the uh, call in. Ah, okay. Maybe still trying to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, no problem. You don't have to. We're just, uh, I'm happy to be back on the ham palace with Hambo mm-hmm. himself. And we, we, you know, we're just, we're just catching up. We're just catching up. We were talking about the, the gym that, that Shaq, my, my buddy Alex Shaq had put the gym together over the right. past couple months. He's just been working hard and we're going to redo the sauna, uh, crazy snow here in Minneapolis. What else? What else? What else we got tonight? Well, uh, we touched, we touched movies. We talked to Rocky. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I'm very similar as far as watching Rocky when I was a kid and, and getting into that and, that's a whole nother podcast for I, we, we can go deep into Rocky. if You really want to do that. But, um, well, I guess since we talk about the paranormal so much, I could, we could touch on that a little bit. Have you watched anything or, uh, experienced any kind of paranormal esque kind of things? Mm, not really, except I heard a, sorry, just had a bite of chocolate. No, it's cool. I heard a podcast. I heard a podcast on the tinfoil hat and I forgot the tinfoil hat podcast mm-hmm. with Sam yeah. Tripoli. Oh yeah. And <clears throat> he did a pretty good episode 
in my opinion, where he had these two demonologists on his show. And they were like two, two different demonologists. I, I think they knew each other, but I, I, I don't know that they went on the show together. I'm just not sure. But they were both talking about, they, you know, they were kind of like the ghost hunters of demon possession. Mm-hmm. Um, where they get called in to these possessions. And I was listening to it. And um, I used to be really into uh, possession. Not into it like in a good way. I, I used to be scared of it because I remember going to, you know, going to church. I went to a private school and I would ask the priest, you know, is like growing up, I, I'd see The Exorcist. I saw The yeah. Exorcist movie and I was a young child. And <laughs> the assumption is the assumption is that this is based off a true story. And, you know, going to a religious school, they teach you about, you know, the story of God and Jesus and the devil. And uh, the devil can, in fact, possess you. He can get into your body in the show, The Exorcist. He got into a little girl and it takes over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she she turns green and her face gets all scarred up and she floats and she has a vulgar tongue and she speaks Latin and she does all this, you know, crazy stuff. Um. So I was, I was just always into it because I remember being on the bus. We went to like this field trip and I was talking to the priest was that one of the priests at the parish was our chaperone. And I was on the bus with all the other kids mm-hmm. and I was talking to him and I, I said, is, you know, I was like fourth grade. I was like, can, is demon possession real? Can the devil possess you? And he said, yes, it's real. And there's a whole group of priests that, uh, that do exorcisms. And they go and they, they cast the demon out of the person, just like in the exorcist movie. Well, you know, that was, so that was like when I was an altar boy, because I was an altar boy growing up. That's when I had the most contact with priests. Never yeah. a bad experience with priests. I just was like many altar boys that just did it. And for me, though, my dad was never religious. In fact, he wasn't Catholic at all. And he okay. kind of just didn't, he just didn't really believe in any of it. So uh, when my home life, I was very influenced by my schooling, you know, being a young kid, going to the Catholic school, being around the priest, having religion class. They're telling you one story and then I'd go home and, you know, I would always be like, dad, why don't you believe this stuff? You know, like it's, you got to believe it. I hope, I hope you, I hope someday you'll, you know, you'll realize what you're doing and you need, hopefully you'll find it, find your faith. But over time, that was when I was young, but over time, I, I, I quickly, as I got older, I quickly took my dad's position. You know, I, 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 I am a much more of a reflection of my dad now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? As far as what he believes. 
But anyways, long story short, um, I was interested in it. So it's always been a thing I used to be scared of as a little kid. And I read Malachi Martin. I read not all of the book, but some of the book Windswept House, where he talks about mm. these these cardinals in the Vatican. He said it was a fictional story, but he said it was the names were changed just to, so he wouldn't get in trouble. And they actually have a movie about this guy on Netflix called Hostage of the Devil. Okay. And it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's a good documentary. If you are into it, I would watch it. It's not too scary. Okay. It's mostly just interviews, but uh, it's made a lot of the characters they interview really believe in demonic possession. So it's cool to hear their take. It's a lot of Catholics and stuff. But anyways, this episode on Tinfoil Hat, it was like these two, I, I think they're just, they're not necessarily religious demon, demonologists. They're just kind of, uh, more, I think they're more agnostic. They just believe in the phenomenon mm -hmm. and they believe it. It's real and they follow it and they study it and they write about it basically. Um, and they, they, they told me a bunch of stuff I never really knew about and i'm not saying i believe in demon possession i it's just i'm not saying i don't believe in it i don't know but i just think the the fact that i was exposed to it you know i was taught that it was real when i was an, an impressionable young child yeah so that's a heavy thing to hear that, from an adult yeah um so it's always just been kind of like Either way, it's a thing. Either it's a real thing or it's a thing people tell other people so that they're scared and they believe that they're, you know, it's, is it, is it just a tool of uh, control through fear? I, I don't know. To me, that's like what the logical uh, outcome is. Um, unless you want to accept as Mulder puts it the fantastic mm -hmm. you know so I just I I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a big believer in it but I'll I can still detach from my logic and skepticism and I can still entertain the idea yeah of, of it being real so I can listen to it and just think, you know, maybe it is real. Maybe this phenomenon is happening. Maybe we it's just something we don't understand. Maybe there are entities. I'm open to all of that. I don't know what, like, I don't know what is this reality is. Anything's possible as far as I'm, I think it's just so crazy that we're here in these bodies. Right now I'm looking at my fingers moving and it's like, whoa, you know, when did this start? What's going to happen when it's over? Does it just – so anything could be possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, what they said, some things that they said that I didn't know is – so like as soon as they – and d go listen to the episode. I'm going to butcher this. I'm just kind of relaying what I took from it. Um, yeah, I'll check that one out. It's been a little while since I listened to them. I, the last one I listened to was the David Pilates one. Yeah. I thought that was a good episode. 
yeah, that's solid, solid stuff. And he's he's a pretty entertaining host. He's pretty funny, <laughs> pretty funny dude. Um, yeah, I love Sam Tripoli, right? Mm-hmm. That's who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I I just think he's a he's funny and he's a genuinely good guy. I it's probably my favorite podcast because they're all over the board. And mm-hmm. uh, they get guests that I never heard of, like these demonologists. But like, there's like they were talking about necromancy and how how they you know they like even touching dead bodies. They say it spreads the death to the person touching it. Really? Yeah, and I'm butchering it, but it was something like that. And they talked about these necromancers who they, I don't know, I got to go back and listen to it. But it had something to do with engaging with the dead and how there's people that are alive that believe that they're necromancers and that they they physically interact with dead dead people i don't know if they have sex with them or they they like i heard about extracting the semen out of a dead man and <laughs> it's going pretty uh, far <laughs> and pre- and putting it into a woman Jeez. and like you know like uh so just crazy crazy stuff i didn't you asked me if if I've got into any, anything paranormal lately. That's basically the only thing I thought of. I didn't know we'd be talking about uh, dead sperm going into uh, live women. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> well, there is. Yeah, I have heard stories that like black magic and death magic. There, there, there's something to to the you know things being performed in graveyards or something to it there. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't think you're far from the source material of what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is good. Cause this is kind of a Halloween esque episode, you know, we're getting pretty close to it. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think some of the things is that, that sucks about getting older is that Halloween kind of loses its punch. Like every year you just get more and more like whatever, you know, like, you know, but there's some people that really get into it. They they deck out the front of the house and all that. And that's cool. I mean, I, I could get into it if I had my own place. That would be fine. But, um, yeah, there's something about the uh, Halloween that, that people really embrace and get behind it. But it's like something that just doesn't quite have the edge anymore. It's so uh, family friendly. It's so like even older 80s movies that I've seen, like horror movies, like they don't they don't scare me. They lost a lot of their bite. They're fun to watch still, but you know it's just something. It's harder to to get scared. Yeah, the older you get, does that make sense? What do you think? No, completely, completely. Um, especially when you go back and look at how bad the the special effects were of the movies you used to be scared of. Yeah. And you know, like, but there's one thing, uh, Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Sure. That was, 
it's a really scary idea that mm-hmm. the concept of it where yeah. you can't you can't go to bed and if you do if you fall asleep freddie can he's you're gonna meet him and he's gonna kill you in your sleep mm-hmm. so like just it's and then like dreams are all over the place they're all mm-hmm. they're wild so then come in comes this monster that can only get at you through your dreams it's a really scary yeah. concept but the, i went back and i i was watching clips from like the the original freddy nightmare on elm street and we were watching it on youtube and just laughing you know it was <laughs> so funny uh the special effects um the the stuff that gets me the scare the scaredest the scariest stuff to me is like hostile and and uh the saw movies sure just the really brutal twisted um slasher torture stuff because yeah you just think about it afterwards of how twisted it was and how this they put all this energy into making this super twisted movie um but with that said, I watch it because, like, even though I think it's screwed up and it messes with you, there's a reason you're attracted to it. Your reason, there's a re- a reason that you're you want to watch the movie. So, I don't know. There's some. It's a weird balance. Yeah, I uh, I think it's it's the fear of 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 pain. <laughs> in those movies like oh he's, this guy's gonna like try to get through his eyeball to get a key in his in his head it's like oh it's like the fear of that pain that you would that you exactly would, you would have to do that if you're in that scenario and uh that's a different kind of fear i guess than um fear of like something's gonna get you or you know um how old were you when you wa- when you saw The Exorcist? Did the, your parents let you watch it, or did you did you sneak it in? How, what was the deal there? To be honest, I do not remember how I first watched it. I think I think we it, I to be honest, I think I was going through. So my brother and my brother's ten years older than me, and my sister's eight years older than me. So they had access to like R-rated movies when I was, you know, a lot younger than them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back then it was all DV or uh, VHS tapes. So I, I'm pretty sure we used to have a big bin of tapes yep. and a VCR player. And I'm pretty sure we had the exorcist on tape. I okay. remember the cover. And I think, so I just remember my brother had bought it or something. He had a bunch of, I think he worked at Blockbuster at a certain point, mm-hmm. and um, so he had a bunch. He he went to film school, so he had a bunch of movies, and I think yeah. I just I went through all of his movies. And while I watched, you know, when I was pretty young, I watched like Goodfellas, The Deer Hunter, A Clockwork Orange. Damn! And I was I was very young when I was watching <laughs> these movies. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, watch The Deer Hunter till like. I don't know. Last year, no. <laughs> no yeah. I mean, I watched that. I think I watched that about probably fifteen years ago, at least. But yeah, that's a heavy movie to watch when you're a kid. 
Yeah. Full metal jacket. Oh, yeah. Uh, I yeah. love full metal jacket. So, um, you know, I. Yeah. The Exorcist was. The only thing was weird about The Exorcist was just the fact that in my real life, they were saying it's real. And then I had so many dreams growing up, not all the time, but like once a year, I would have a some demonic possession dream. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a few that I'll never forget the dream. Like the dream is implanted in me. Most dreams you forget, but these demon dreams, I, I remember them like perfectly. I remember them so perfectly. And some of them were just like a wild freak show demon possession dream. And it had to be just a combination of like watching the exorcist, then watching Emily Rose, the exorcism of Emily Rose mm -hmm. and uh, just all the other movies and shit. And then going to church I, my mind produced some pretty freaky dreams. You know what I mean? And like I still, like I said, I still remember these dreams now, even though they happened 25 years ago. Dang. And, and uh, they were always very scary because I, I don't know. You get taught that this demon possession thing is a real thing when you're a child. Uh, and you know, until you're old enough to be skeptical. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a skeptical, skeptical kid at all. I was a I was always, I always wanted to believe scary stuff. I was always asking priests about demons and, and whatnot and crucifixion. And like, did that really happen? And tell me more about it. Cause they may, they make us do this play at Easter it was the Stations of the Cross. Um, and in the every year, the eighth graders replayed the Stations of the Cross. And one of the, you know, one of the kids in eighth grade would play Jesus. Then a few of the kids would play the soldiers. And then one of the kids would play Mary. And they would go through, we'd be sitting in the church and they would go and they would walk the kids that were reenacting this, the stations of Jesus, you know, getting crucified. And then at the very end, they nail him to the cross. And uh, I remember one year, <laughs> one of the soldiers, whoever he played, whoever, I don't remember what year, but whoever the kid was that was playing Jesus, they had like a real cross and real hammers just because they wanted to bang the hammer against the cross to make a noise so that everyone at the church would hear it. Sure. Well, one time, one of the soldiers accidentally hit the kid with the hammer in his arm. <laughs> no. Oh. And, and, yeah, and he just yelped. He yelped. And, oh, uh, man. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. See, that's that's you, you don't probably have kids going through that these days. <laughs> kids are soft; they don't get hammered these days. <laughs> no. <laughs> and church plays. <laughs> oh 
I, you know, but it, it was so violent. Like, okay, yeah. so that in the in these plays in the Stations of the Cross, I yeah. I wanted so bad to be Jesus when I was a little kid, but I I was just they chose me to hold a sign. <laughs> instead right. i didn't get to i didn't get to act at all yeah. um but uh the soldiers had whips the soldiers had whips in the play and they would when you know jesus falls three times in the in the stations of the cross and every time every time you fall the the two soldiers start whipping you on and the, and they in the play they would whip they would whip the whip against the ground so it would make a big loud noise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just, going back, thinking about it, I'm pretty sure a kid got whipped too. <laughs> oh. oh, I hope not. <laughs> they were using real yeah. whips or they were just kind of. Yeah, they were, well, they were, they were, they, they were real <laughs> whips designed to make a loud noise when they hit the ground. That's, uh, they just, it was all about the noise. Yeah. Hammer against the wood to symbolize the boom, boom, boom. Whipping, whips hitting the ground to make a whipping sound. And then, I mean, that was pretty much it. And then there would be a person on the microphone reading the station. They would, they would explain what was happening at this station. And then at the very end of the play, you know, Jesus, they bury him and then he rises from the dead. Yeah, and every, all the class, all the classes watch as a, it's a play. Yep. But having these little kids in eighth grade reenact these violent soldier Roman soldiers doing whip, whipping and whipping them and nailing them to a cross. So I was always really interested in the crucifixion concepts. Like as a little kid, they're talking about telling me, you know, I would have these talks with my teachers. Like, so you're saying they actually would, they'd beat a person and then they would nail them to a cross. And I would just have a bunch of questions. I was always interested in the brutal stuff uh, with the priests. I'd ask them about, you know, the demon possession and, and the crucifixion and mm -hmm. You know, was there demons? Were people being possessed in the in the stories? So you know, then you'd watch like you'd watch uh, Passion of the Christ. I don't know what year that came out, but yeah, I'm trying to remember. Two thousand. Let's see, that was two thousand eight. No, was it two thousand eight? It's definitely two thousands. I thought it was earlier. Yeah, you're right. Cause I, yeah, 2004, like 2004. Yeah, mid two thousands. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was, I remember going to see that and that was, um, that was a tough watch. And then I, after, afterwards, yeah, that definitely had an effect on me afterwards. I felt very, I, I had a little bit, I had a bit of a tear. It was, you know, very visceral and, uh, I had the same uh, effect happen to me watching Noah, believe it or not. And everyone takes a big, you know, everyone hates <laughs> hates Noah. But I thought that I really connected with that one because to me, I mean, as a believer, I always felt like, like, man, that 
it's just, it was just something about that and they show the, the you know the uh the garden of eden and everything and it just takes on another level of uh, of uh, i don't know again trying to put a word on it it's like when you when yeah. you believe in it it it, uh, it takes on another thing of like you're, you're connected to it somehow and right. the struggle of noah and and mm-hmm. uh the unbelievers like i love uh the actor ray winstone and he plays like the kind of like the i guess i don't know the kind of the evil cult leader i guess yeah and he was always kind of uh always like whatever you know it's just you're fooling yourself this isn't gonna happen and and they you know they're they're ungodly to the bad things and and just the I, I don't know. I connected with it on some fundamental level like this. I, I believe that some aspect of the story happened and there was a Noah. And so it, it does add that extra level and watching, you know, the passion of the Christ, you know, if you if you believe in it, it's going to have that extra level of it, of it there. Um, so I don't, I, I, I don't really know what the point I was going for, but <laughs> It's funny how a movie, how can you, you can connect to a movie, especially if it's, well, maybe if even like if you take the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, you know, that has that has some some interesting moments where you really root for for Moses and all that. But I've seen it so many times at this point. It's like it's a little feels a little watered down. But uh, yeah. I mean, are there any movies for you where you feel where it's just it's more than just it touches you deeper than you thought it would. And it doesn't have to be a religious movie. It can just be a, like, uh, like uh, a Rocky or maybe a, a glory or something like uh, uh, anything yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to, you know, my, my favorite movie, I don't think it touches me in that way. I'm trying to think of a movie that will fit your example. It'll come to me. I have to think about it a little bit because I know Rocky was Rocky was one. Um, more with shows, you know, like original series. I get way connected to shows because okay. really connected, really connected to the character. And then when the show is done, it's sad. Yeah, uh, a lot. A lot of shows like that. For me, the saddest one was Rome. Oh yeah, uh, and I still got to watch that too. Yeah, it's, I think you were telling me about that last time. Yeah, Rome. You know, not many people agree with me, but it's it was my favorite show. I thought it was the best for the two seasons they did. I thought it was yeah. the best two seasons of any show, and I say that because of how deep the layers were yeah of the set of the set and the story like watching the behind the scenes they they put so much history so much historical knowledge and they spent so much money on those sets to recreate this ancient city mm-hmm. and i mean they had the historians were just they were on this like they really they really wanted to make something authentic with it. Now they also said the storyline wasn't that accurate. They they had these non-fictional characters and then fictional characters. 
um, a lot of the story was about fictional characters. Yeah, sure. Where, and, and they twisted it in. They mixed it in with a, a nonfiction storyline. Um, so it wasn't that it was that accurate of a show. But as far as the setting and the set, the authenticity of the show yeah. is what I just absolutely loved about it. Um, and the characters and the soundtrack. It was my. It's, I think it was the best soundtrack. The guy's name is Jeff Beale. He did the soundtrack for Rome. Um, okay. That that was like one of those shows where I dreamt that I would I would have dreams that I was in the show, not as an actor, but actually. You know how when you watch a show, you're supposed to believe it's real, like this this the world of Rome. You're yeah. Supposed to, if it's a good show, they make you think it's like real. You don't realize they're acting. You think it's yeah. that's the whole point. So I wasn't I would have dreams that I was actually a, a real life character in the show. So not acting. Does that make sense? Like mm -hmm. um Yeah, so you're that. participating in it. You're one of the characters. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. So the that would be an example where I had an emotional attachment to a show and just a lot of shows, just a lot of shows where I followed the characters for a really long time. Um, I felt, I mean, I loved Deadwood. I loved Sopranos. I loved the wire. I loved lost more recently. I, I mean, I really loved, uh, I, although Lost, I loved Lost, but I didn't love it nearly as much as the good HBO shows. I loved Borgias with um, Jeremy uh, Irons as Pope. Robin oh Lee. yeah, I remember that. I didn't. I didn't watch any of that. But uh, you no, know, it's a slow starter. It's a if you can get through the first season. If you can get through the first by the end of the first season, you're gonna love it. Guaranteed. Okay. But it does start. It does start slow and a little bit complicated. Like you really have to pay attention to what's going on to get it. Um, because it starts out with this battle to become pope, and they're in the Vatican, and there's all these characters, and they're passing around notes and stuff, and it's um. I highly recommend it if you like historical drama, which I love. I love pretty much every. Da Vinci's Demons I really liked, and not even because it was that good of a show. Uh, <clears throat> I loved Spartacus, obviously. Yeah, I loved love Spartacus. <laughs> yeah, you're a fan Spartacus fan. That's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. Real quick, uh, your friend Anthony says, Game of Thrones until the end. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think a lot of people would agree on that one. Uh, you know. But... Uh, I agree, though. Spartacus was was a lot of fun, and the follow-up show, the sequel to Spartacus, what was it, Gatticus? Um, they did it like yeah, one yeah. season of him. It was all good. Gods it was of all, the arena. Yeah, it was all good, cheesy, uh, over-the-top fun, where in the beginning, I was like, I'm just like, oh, this is just so over-the-top, but you, you do kind of go on the journey, and you get into it, and it just... <laughs> I mean that line. That line. Uh, <laughs> he gets 
my buddy and I, we'd always watch it and be like, finally, the gods remove cock from ass. <laughs> yeah. And we did, there's so many lines like that where it's like yeah. the house of Vatiatas and this, uh, it's so many, so many over the top sex scenes and unnecessary and <laughs> unnecessary <laughs> sex blood scenes, everywhere, yeah. like the handshake when they go to shake their arms and blood just goes all over the screen. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's always worth a rewatch to me because it's just good escapist, uh, over the top fun. And uh, yeah, anyway, sorry I got off on a rant there, but um, no, for it's so true. Um, I made this meme once because I was a fan of Spartacus on Facebook, and I thought they would appreciate it. But I don't know if you remember that scene where. Uh, there are, this is like season three. Mm -hmm. Um, and they come across, they're all, they escape, uh, uh, Crixus and Spartacus. They're, they're basically united now. And, but they've got their own following. Like, yeah. Oh shit. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. My headphones just died, but anyways, so, um, uh, they come across this house somewhere in Italy in the country and it's this rich guy and he's, he's having sex with one of his slaves and then he's yeah. a woman. And then he says, you know, he's like struggling and he wants to finish up. He says, Tiberius, I would finish place cock and ass. <laughs> You know, you remember uh, that scene? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Plays cock and ass. Yeah. And so I made a meme. I made a meme of him just like showing the guy and he's sweating, he's having sex. And then it was just a meme that said, Tiberius, I would finish. Plays cock and ass. And I posted it on their timeline and they, they removed it. They, they removed it. I wonder why. I wonder why. It's a family friendly meme. <laughs> ah. oh that's hilarious yeah yeah man Ugh. um uh, yeah and the, the orgies they had going on in the backgrounds and when they're trying to have like serious dialogue <laughs> it's just this yeah um let me let me jump off the Spartacus topic but I'll, I'll give you a good example like when you're talking about dreaming about being in the show that never yeah. happened to me specifically, but my brother had a dream when we were younger about MASH. And he had a dream that he was on the show MASH uh, talking with Hawkeye. And he went to go set up um, like the football for, for Hawkeye to come kick. Like he was going to make a field goal, so he set it up for him. And yeah. my brother woke up holding the football in it like like an imaginary football in his hand and he woke up pretty much like sleepwalking like that's how in the match <laughs> i guess he was at the time and, and how much he involved he was in that dream and like that is isn't that an odd thing you know it's like you can really you can really lose yourself and if you really get you know passionate into a show you know and it's good enough to really kind of you know move you in some capacity like that and um, 
you know, I don't know how much mash you've watched. I wasn't a big mash guy when I was a kid, but I, I learned to appreciate it later. And I watched more episodes, and I finally watched the finale. And the finale is really that, – that is a good finale. It does kind of pull at your heartstrings there. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of any other shows that – I don't think I ever watched uh, it, I, the, the finale. Yeah, yeah to- it's, whew, it's heavy. It's because it's very you know it's all about camaraderie and if if you're if you're into like things where people have bonds for a long time and very close bonds and then they have to leave and go their separate ways it's very much a lot of that and as a guy you can i can appreciate that something like that especially being ex-military now i can really appreciate that so um but yeah, um, yeah, man. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Let me touch on a slightly paranormal thing. I, I think we're mm-hmm. going gonna to wrap it up soon. But I just recently got back from up north. Oh, it's probably it's been about three weeks. But and going up there with family, um, my mom had told me about uh, hearing some something at night. In hearing something that didn't seem like any animal, she said it, it sounded like some kind of like a uh, whistling. And then she did. She told me that there's a, a a woo like a woo woo like not not like a but not like an owl. Mm-hmm. And um, like and so when I go, I would go sleep. There's a guest house, like a like an upper loft guest house that is like uh, just a little walk from the main cabin. And I would go mm-hmm. to sleep up there. And she said, after you left, I heard it right out, out of the window. Like it was right there by the driveway. She goes, and I went to go check to see if it was, I go, did you see? She's like, no, I didn't see anything. But it sounded like right outside the cabin. And I go, you got to be kidding me. She's like, no. like, And I've heard this before. And it's one of those things where, and we've talked about this, where you know when something's out of the ordinary because you've been in that area so much or you know your neighborhood so much. And I think this is one of those things where it just it, it's a sound that she hadn't heard before or any animal. You know how much wildlife goes goes through there yeah. after being up there so many times. And uh, so I'm like, you know, just I go, next time that happens, text me and I wanna I wanna go out there and I wanna <laughs> I'll either try to reply to it or I'll I'll see if I can hear it. And I'll give you my second opinion on it. Tell you whether that's maybe that's an animal, or, but it's strange. It's like I I do trust her opinion because she's been up there so many times. She knows a while we grew up, you know, going to this cabin all the time. We know how much wildlife is there at night and how much there isn't, and when there's something unusual. So, and this is back by Bigfoot sightings in that neck of uh, Michigan, that neck of the wood, that town, and. Uh, and uh, so there had I been didn't know reports. there's Bigfoot in Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Wow. Um, so I'm interested the next next year, you know, it, it's getting closed up for, for winter now pretty much. But next year I'm going to go up. I'll, I'll be a little bit more prepared. And, you know, I had I had my camera up there just in case. And uh, there's a really spooky like when I'm up in the loft, there's a window 
or I can look down onto the the dirt the dirt road, and there beyond that is like the forest, a line of trees, and mm-hmm. it, there's a light right outside of the window, like a big, a big strong, uh, almost like a spotlight where you can really see anything that goes onto the road, and I would just kind of like watch that for like a few minutes just to see if anything came out of the wood line. And uh, mm-hmm. it does seem it's really it's a cool place to put a camera. And I'm sure if I put a camera there long enough, I probably would see some kind of wildlife, something come out and walk down the road. So yeah. I, I always it's kind of creepy. I always expect something to <laughs> something to come out. And you hear all these stories about how how incredibly scary it is because these things are so big and massive. And, uh, you know, I'd go to sleep up there at night and I hear things rustling around and it was like squirrels, squirrels get up in there and, and they're moving around and stuff. So it is a little creepy to go to sleep up there, <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. That was my slightly paranormal thing that's happened in the last couple of months. So there you go. There's your, there's your Halloween creepiness, you know? Oh, I, I've got a anomaly that I can tell you that. I can tell you specifically because you'll know you'll get the full gravity of how weird it is. Okay. Because you were in the London real course with me. Uh, By, by the way, I I fully support Brian Rose running for mayor. (laughs) I I hope. hope Why not? Why not? Yeah. (laughs) I'd love to see like David Icke in his cabinet or something. Unbelievable. Well, all you got to do is, you know, you got to support his cause and send him a few yeah. hundred bucks. And well, happy. I've already given him enough money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, so there's this girl. I, I think her name's Celine. She wasn't in our accelerator course, but I'm pretty sure she was in like a, a different one. A yeah. different one. And I get this idea because she, you know, I became friends with her on Facebook because I saw a bunch of London reelers were friends with her and she does online videos and she's a coach and stuff. So I think I, I think I met her in one of the London real groups or so. I have no idea, but I think she might be in team gene or alumni or whatever. Anyways. Um, so my my roommate is looking for a Airbnb in I mean you might be friends with her on Facebook. I can send you Maybe the I link am. to her profile. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Your name sounds familiar. Yeah. Celine Rivera, Riviera or something like that. I think so. Um, but she so my, my buddy's look my roommate's looking for an Airbnb for the month of January so he can go skiing in Utah because he was going to do Vail, Colorado, but they want like double the amount of money per month to stay at an Airbnb. So he found out Park City, Utah is cheaper and they've got really good skiing and he's got the pass for that. So he figured out he was going he's going to try he he got the the green light to to work remotely for the winter until they open back up completely is for his job. Yeah. So, you know, Corona anyways. Um, so he's like, show, I'm like, did you book a place yet? Did you book a place yet? 
And he's like, show me, he had a bunch of tabs open and a bunch of different places that he was looking at. And then he showed me this one and he was like, I don't know, this one, this one looks really good, but there's no reviews and it looks like a brand new listing and there's no reviews. And then the, the, the girl, the, the host on Airbnb, they show you their profile picture was a, a girl. And her, I think she said her name was, uh, God, what was it? Devin, something like that. And the picture was of Celine. It was of Celine that I met through London Real. So I have never talked to Celine before, but I had remember she's from Europe somewhere. I didn't. I knew she wasn't in the U.S. Like I thought she was in South Africa. Maybe turns out she's in France. She's in France. She lives in France. Okay. And um, this was so. This was in Park City, Utah. Her her Facebook profile picture was the picture of the host. Different name. No reviews. The oh. really, really good price with an awesome place, like an awesome house. And and my roommate was like, this looks like a really good place. He's like, I'm thinking about booking this, but there's no reviews. And so it's kind of sketchy. And I'm like, God, it's Airbnb. How sketch? They've got it. It's Airbnb. You, you can't just, you can't just scam people on Airbnb. Can you like, don't they have a way to filter these out somehow? Uh, sure enough. I took a picture of the profile and I sent a random message to Celine and I was like, is this yours? Because I, I remember seeing your face from Facebook and is this your Airbnb? And then she sent me a voicemail like that is not me. Someone's using my picture yeah. to make a fake Airbnb. And so we figured it out, but how crazy is that? That I was sitting in my roommate's room with him, and out of the billions of people on earth, I catch it. I catch it that I've seen that girl before on Facebook because of the London Real course. Yeah. So some at some point, this scammer, uh, this scammer, f- said they found her. I have something in common with this scammer. Out of the billions of people, there's some scammers. So my like, God is, you know, it, I always think if you're going to scam on Airbnb, you have to know the system, how Airbnb works really well. So you know right. how to scam. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it seems like you have to have a verified bank account to get paid out. Sure. So how do you, how do you have a, how are you going to, how do you put a verified bank account on a scam? How do you get around that? You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. So anyways, crazy coincidence, dude. Just crazy coincidence. Yeah. I've been encountering a lot of synchronicities lately, man. And I've been writing them down and dating them. That's how many I've been encountering. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, that's what I said. I'm, I'm putting them right in my phone. So I know the date. What and, and and again, it's always somebody says something either on the radio or in person or or most. I think most of the time it's been TV or radio. They'll say something, then mm-hmm. I'll see that word almost immediately. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah! Crazy, crazy. 
Yeah, and I've told you about this before, where it's like somebody just said that, and then I saw the word or the phrase. Like, what are the fucking odds that was going to happen? So that just tells me right there, there's some kind of matrixy pattern going on. It's a simulation, dude. It's a simulation. <laughs> and, it ex- yeah. and Anthony would have something to say about that. Anthony, uh, your Uh-oh. friend Anthony, would definitely have something to say. Yeah, Weird, wild stuff. He's got, he's got plenty of stories about this. He's got plenty of stories. Someday you'll have to have him on. Okay. You have to have him on. He can uh, he can go on. He's got plenty to plenty to talk about. And he just did the twenty day fast. He just oh. did a full twenty day, well Oof. seventeen day water fast, and I think the last three or four days were dry fast, no water. And this is you know this is some Jedi level some Jedi level oh, shit. Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So. Uh, and a five-day no food or water. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. I'd love to hear his thoughts on um, how he felt afterwards, if that was an imp- if he felt improved or – yeah, that's a whole other podcast in itself right there. That's a whole – yeah, that's a, that's a big uh-huh. cast we were going to do that we ended up not doing. But So Anthony no. will have to do that. Uh, thanks for listening. Um yeah. But yeah, that 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 simulation theory for the missing 411 that 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 kind of makes sense, right? Like you uh the, the the and I know David Polites hates anybody trying to explain what's happening without reading all the books. Like I definitely I yeah. understand. Um but I enjoyed that one guy's, like, anything's possible if it's a simulation. He just basically said when a single person is out in some, like, beautiful national park and it's just amazingly beautiful uh, scenery, giant mountains and forests and water and, and colors and all this stuff, it takes a lot of computing power to produce all of that. So one person... If, if one person is there experiencing that, that's too much computing power to give, to, to be putting out for just one person. <laughs> so like, uh-huh. you know, it goes back into a wave and, and it's not in its particle form anymore. And then that's how the person like gets, yeah, sucked, out of the ma- gets sucked out of the matrix and then they end up in something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting way of, of putting it. Because um, something's happening with these missing four one ones, right? Oh. Something, something. There's is just going too on. many cases. There's too many cases that uh, you you know you use Poe on. You, you 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 take away every explanation, and what is left must be it. I mean, there's no other way because there's no tracks. There's no tracks. The weather changes abruptly almost every time they go missing. Like storm from X Men is interfering or something. Um, There's just so many. The ones that are really weird are where they hear the voices, but they don't see the people, the person there, but they hear them saying help. And it's like they're in another dimension or something. Like that's unbelievably 
terrifying you were that person and you're asking for help and they couldn't see you, but you could see them. Oh, it's so scary. You remember uh, Alice, or what's it called? Um, Alice in Wonderland. Um, how you were on the other side of the looking, like you were on the other side of the mirror. And yeah. you, could, you know what I mean? And you could see in to the other dimension, but they can't see you. You're trapped on the other side of the mirror. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. So if super freaky concept that scared the shit out of me when I was a little kid. Yeah. And then and the worst part is that if you are that person, well, you're not getting out of it. It's like, so yeah. you don't even get to tell anybody that you went through that. It's like, that's it. That's the last part of your life. Like, wow, you can't even relay that that happened or share that with anybody. And who knows what happens to you after that or, Right. It really makes you think like, I mean, there's so much, if you just think about what creatures could be alive in our cave systems and underwater, how much we don't know about still and earth. I mean, that's a lot, that's a lot of crazy shit that be, that could be coming out of earth. I mean, little, little people coming out of cracks and all that, like, uh, in cave systems, yeah. wherever the hell they're yeah. coming from. Why not? Hey, man. If they've I'm been here longer than us and they're smart and they're super smart, mm -hmm. they could go undetected, especially when you consider how little uh, how little of a frequency range our light and sound receptors are. So mm -hmm. and it's so narrow that they could be right next to us. They could be yeah. right ne next to us, and we would never know because we don't have the hardware. We don't have the hardware inside our bodies to de to detect them. Yeah, yeah, man. That's why I'm saying it. Like when people say, "Well, there's no way these those things don't exist," I'm like, "Well, man, there's so much that we're not quite exploring, or we're our, our attention, our scientific attention is only on so much." And, uh, no one knows shit. No one knows. No one knows shit. Mm -hmm. Only, I mean, people that study, like, give their whole lives, they know. Because they, they, they start to know. But they even they don't know. They just start to know a little bit. But then they realize how much they don't know. Yeah, how, how limited. Uh, so you can't tell me there's not little people in the earth, in the cracks and caves. Mm -hmm. You don't know that. I mean, yeah. I think the burden of proof is on us to prove that they exist if we're going to say they exist. I'm not saying they exist. I'm just saying you don't know that they don't exist. Mm -hmm. Exactly, man. Anthony said, uh, what's the study that they did that, that showed electrons change when observing them? The double slit experiment. There it is. Yeah, I was thinking that the, yeah. whole, the whole way. Um, yeah, the double slit. Very good job. You win. You win the round. <laughs> I like it was there in the back of my head somewhere. The double slit experiment. Very well said. Well exactly. Said. Exactly. Well, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up. Unless you got anything else that you wanted to talk about or get off your chest real quick. Nah, I, it's great to talk to you. We we just went off in any direction we wanted, and uh, yeah. fun episode. Thanks for uh, thanks for yeah. having me. 
it was overdue. I think we needed to, well, first of all, we needed to talk, but second of all, we needed to do a podcast just to get back into the rhythm again. And, uh, of, you know, t- you know, I needed a guest It had been a while. And so I wanted to get, uh, why don't you get back, get you back on and see how, how things were, were changing for you. Cause it seemed like you've gone through a little bit of changes past few months. So it's good Thanks. to catch up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And pos- positive changes, pay- changes for the better. So that's always good. You know, so want that to always rub off a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Cool. We still got to go on a road trip. Let's go on a paranormal road trip, Chris. Oh, you just said that. I just it was just when I was up north, my mom got a brochure for the mystery spot in in Mackinac Island, um, which is a bit only a, only an hour north of uh, where my grandpa's cabin is, which is in Gaylord. So really? that's something we could do. It's a mystery spot in Mackinac Island, and even if you wanted to, you could. St- you know, stay, you could stay, you know, at the cabin and there's like, there's at least one, two, three, four, there's four beds, you know, so there's plenty of room for you, uh, you and a guest or whatever, if you wanted to stop over. Let's so, do it. Yeah. I mean, I was even thinking about meeting you to uh, up north, like where you were at last time, uh, the west side of the state. I forgot the name of the t- the the area there but like man that would have been a cool meetup and that would have been doable you know i'm not a big huge i I hate mosquitoes but you know i would have been well i'd say fuck it if you wanted to meet but i don't think gaylor is probably too far from where that was it's probably only like an hour away how do you spell it uh it's just like as it sounds uh g-a-y-l-o-r-d Oh, Gaylord. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So but, it's uh, Gaylord, Michigan? Yeah. Okay. There's a Minnesota, too. Gaylord, Minnesota. Uh, Nine-hour drive from me. Okay. Yeah, well, it's a long drive. It's a long drive, but not an impossible drive. Um, so that's just think- northern Michigan. That's not UP. Yeah, that's not UP, but Mackinac... Mackinac is a bit nor- far, further north, so that's closer to the UP. So if you if you type in Mackinac Island, you can see how long that takes. It, maybe it's a little bit farther. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at it now. Mac- Mackinac Island. So what what is Mac- What's significant about Mackinac Island? It's an old, like it's one of the old oldest Michigan. Uh, cities it's like everything there is like from the um it looks uh from like how do you say like late 1700s early 1800s like all the architecture and everything horses they use horse and uh, horse and buggy and all that up there everything's like old school brickwork uh paved roads it's just like you remember do you ever see the movie somewhere in time with christopher reeve where he goes back in so. time and everything's like an old, like old timey kind of town. Well, they shot them that movie there at Mackinac Island. So everything it's, ah. it's a very romantic couple kind of place to go. Um, okay. But the, the mystery spot is located in that, in that area. So I'm like, Oh, I'd like to go visit it, you know, just, just to check it out and give me something fun to do something interesting to do. So, 
Um, so that's a possibility. That's, you know, um, but where you stayed last time when you went over, were you, yeah, you were in the UP last time. Was that it? Yeah. I st- well, I stayed in the UP just at Pictured Rocks yeah. uh, one night and then got out of there. Right. It was a road trip. No, not I, I wasn't trying to escape. It was just I had one night to stay and then I had to get out, get back. Timing yeah, because time of time. Wise. Okay. Yeah. But um well, hey, next next year after after the winter, we have to wait till after the winter. We should, we should do we should do some kind of a get together where at least we could do something where we could meet each other halfway or something like that, you know. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll make the drive. I, I don't give a shit. I'll make the drive to nine hours ain't ain't bad and beautiful if, if summer. If you split it up, yeah. it's not too bad. If you split it up, like I used to drive from New York to Michigan, and that was like that was like a, almost like a twelve hour drive. Sometimes you know you just got to split it up in the halves, and it's it's bearable. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll what have, was the you town know, in Montana? Stay. No, I'll, dude, I'll make – yeah, we'll come. Ugh, Anthony's yeah. listening right now. He's probably saying I'll, uh, he wants to come because he's by – he lives in uh, – he's from Ohio. So he, when he visits family, he goes back to Ohio. And I don't know okay. how far that is from if it's – Ohio's pretty close. Closer? Yeah, Ohio's only like a you know, couple hours away. You know, if even that for me, you know, depending on where yeah. he are, where he's at in Ohio, though, if he's Dayton, west, Dayton, yeah, I've been over to Dayton before. I had a friend of mine that lived, uh, I believe he lived over there uh, from college. Just, so, yeah, it's very. Wait, cool. where where do you live in uh, Michigan? I'm in the Detroit area. I'm in. Uh, so what's the town? So the town is uh, Clinton Township. Clinton Town. I'm just looking at the map right now. So, uh, yeah, don't see it on first glance. No big deal. Just curious. So you're 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 a lot closer to Dayton than if you yeah, go I'm up in to southeast southeast Michigan. Southeast okay. Michigan. Cool, bro. Well, what? Wait, before I let before I hop off, what was the town in Montana you were telling me about that? like was kind of crazy oh that was probably that was a, a like a like a mystery spot kind of thing too um what's it called uh, uh what was the name of it it's not coming to me well david david polites did a he did a whole episode at that in that area so I'm sure if you if you could probably just look it up, mystery spots, and um, I don't know if it was Colorado or oh, it was Montana. It was Montana. So you just type in mystery spot. In fact, I can do that right now while, while we're on here. Let's see, mystery spot, uh, Montana, Montana vortex. Yeah, Montana vortex. And it is the House of Mystery, and it is Columbia Falls, Montana. The House of Mystery in Columbia Falls. Okay. And what what was significant about that? Wasn't there like a place where 
if you stand in one spot, you're always taller. You're taller, than the other yeah. you're taller than the person across from you. And he put the marble down and the marble just stays level. It doesn't go to one side or the other. Um, and then uh, he put a marble. Whew, can hear that water. Uh, <laughs> it put, he put a marble up on like a like a railing, and it went up instead of going down. Like it, like it's like anti like anti gravity in that house. And um, people are leaning inside of the house where they should be standing, but they're leaning forward. So gravity's all messed up in there. What? Mm-hmm. MontanaVortex.com. Check it out, everybody. Who, who, who did it? Did David Polites do this? He went over. He interviewed the guy, and they're just talking about weird things in nature. And he tied it into something, a missing report or something like that. But he was just staying there and just checking it out for a while. But that's one of the episodes. It's cool. You know, check it out on YouTube. Uh, I will. So what, it's just yeah. called the House of Mystery for Missing Four One One. Yeah, I would type in Missing Four One One. When uh, go to his channel and check out Montana, anything with Montana Vortex in the name of it. I think he did it. It was probably did like three or four months ago at least. It's a kind of older episode, or I can send you the link. But um, yeah, I think I'm gonna start wrapping it up. We're gonna wrap this one up. This is a good episode, a good meaty episode. Probably one of the longest ones I've done, and uh, we had a lot of fun here. Thanks for calling in, Anthony, or yeah. trying to call in, typing in. <laughs> hey, typing in. Yeah, thanks typing for typing in. in. Yeah. Well, always a pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, not a problem, Daniel. It's awesome having you on. Hope, hopefully. Uh, you'll have to get another podcast. Are you recording a new episode soon? I I just have to. Um, I got a few episodes I want to do. I think that they would make good episodes. Got to do the Anthony fasting. Yeah, I want to hear uh, his story. Episode. It's twenty days. That's that's in five day dry fast. That's that's pretty epic pretty epic the story needs to be told so yeah dude expect some stuff from me okay okay i'll be i'll be tuning in at ddon.life and uh anthony says uh do one with my schizophrenic cousin (laughs) yeah it's funny (laughs) all right all right let's wrap it up and uh good talk and uh we'll do it again we'll do have a great halloween All all right Take care. We'll talk later. Later. Bye-bye.